what are you doing? I'll tell you what you're doing. You're listening to the Elder Scrolls. Lorcas! Either you are, or I'll be skipping rope with your entrails. Ta-ta. This podcast is brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com slash Elder Scrolls Lorecast. Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. Welcome to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast, the podcast where we explore the amazing universe of the Elder Scrolls. Adventurers, welcome back to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast. This is your host, Tom, or Robots. I'm here with my good buddy, the Lotus of the Doom. Lotus, how's it going, man? It's good. It's good. We've I'm done tackling the last region. Yes, that's what I was going to say. We've gone around the entire continent all the way back up to Skyrim. And now we're heading south to Cyrodiil. And uh, Cyrodiil is an interesting location. I think everybody was very excited to be talking about Skyrim because the game is so popular. We spent a lot of time in Skyrim. Thousands of hours, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> sounds about right. Sounds about right. And one or two people played it. One or two, yeah. And you know they've re-released it like seventeen times at this point. Sounds um, about right. But we're we're going to we're going to Cyrodiil, and Cyrodiil is interesting for a number of reasons. Uh, first and foremost, because it shows up as a prominent zone in two of the well, let's call them modern releases. I yeah, feel like I think modern releases is a good way of putting that. Yeah. Skyrim obviously was a like it still stands up as a game 11 years later. Yeah. Uh, and it's still the last numbered entry in the series. Right. But the game before that, Oblivion, right. holds up pretty well, too. It, it does. It is a little disturbing to <laughs> actually read when it came out uh, because <laughs> It's it, thinking back that it's like, well, I came out in 2006, which is that long ago. And then it's like, oh, wait, yes, it is. It's almost old enough to drink. Yeah. Yeah. So, yes, the time, we're, time keeps we're, moving on. We're getting we're getting real close. It's like that game is 17 years old at this point. Yes. However, it's still on a more modern system um, than games. Even like prior to that, Morrowind definitely has a more dated feel to it. The, Obli- the Oblivion feels like it's part of the more modern era of games yeah it's xbox 360 generation uh everything was fully three-dimensionally rendered with uh actual action combat and um, voice acting voice acting and and uh, scripted moments and dynamic quest lines and all sorts of radiant ai radiant ai yeah all of that stuff so the the region that we explore in oblivion is Cyrodiil. It's based in Cyrodiil. And yes. this happens, of course, in the third era. In ESO, we're in the middle of the second era, and it's a very different location. It is. Um, and on top of that, it's also a major factor in Elder Scrolls Online as well because of the Three Banners War conflict that's happening, which basically turns... Not all of Cyrodiil, but a large portion of Cyrodiil into the PvP zone, essentially. So it's just constantly where thousands of players are just spending all of their time that don't really, you know, that's if PvP is their main thing, that's where they're living. It's there. That's Uh, their home. And ironically, there's a there's a major PvP event happening right now. If you're listening to this, like as the most current episode of this show, um, White Streaks Mayhem is happening, which is, you know, all of Cyrodiil is just flooding with people just murdering each other. Yeah. Plus the Imperial City. And yes, you have the whole zone and the whole zone is is a bit transformed simply because of the war. You have all of these fortresses right. and and locations that you can siege. And those things aren't necessarily there in the time of oblivion because 
it's not a time. I mean, they're at war with the Daedra who are invading <laughs> from oblivion, but it's not a time of the Three Banners War. All of that is long right, gone ended. in the past. That is yes. ended. So uh, the world is different, but the world is different for a few other reasons, too. And we're going to go into that. But before we get into that, and uh, I guess I'll tease it right now. First, the first thing I'm going to tease is. As we get further into this episode, I am going to show you an overlay. I've actually taken both maps and put them into Photoshop, and I can show you an overlay of how they fit together or don't. It's actually very interesting. So if you're listening on the audio version, always remember there's the YouTube version. So if you look up Elder Scrolls Lorecast on YouTube, you can find this episode on YouTube. Look at the overlays that we're doing. Yeah, there'll be a little more visual to this one. Um yeah. To, go, to go along with just us trying to explain it. Right, right. And then uh, towards the end of the episode, we're going to get into some of the discrepancies about the way Cyr- Cyrodiil was explained in the lore from long ago and why it doesn't <laughs> yes. look like that anymore and all of that. So right. here, let's get into it a little bit. There are different zones, the different areas, part of the geography, and this comes from the UESP. So it says on the UESP, Cyrodiil has varied environment and is divided into several regions. The Nibine Basin, the this is a vast region that dominates Cyrodiil, containing all of the areas that drain into the river Nibin. The area around the central city and the upper Nibin is often known as the Heartlands. East of the river, the region consists of mostly open fields, while to the west and north it is more wooded. The Imperial City covers City Isle in the center of Lake Rumere, uh, the source of the Nibin, and the city of Bra- Bravil? Braville? I always say Braville, Braville but Braville. I don't actually... I'm not entirely sure that I remember how it's set in game, but I, I always think it's say Braville. Braville. I think you're right. Is located on the banks of of the Nibbin Bay in the Nibbine Valley. So that's kind of the heartland of the area. That's the yep. main central area. Then we have the Great Forest, an immense wooded area west of the Imperial City, which we just mentioned. The Colovian Highlands, which is a hilly forested region of western Cyrodiil with the town of Coral as its main settlement. There's the West Weald, the open countryside of southern Cyrodiil, which is well known for its vineyards. The city of Skingrad is located here. Then there is the Gold Coast, which is a separate zone in ESO. The western coastline of Cyrodiil that is dotted with farms. The main settlements of the region are the port city of Anvil and the city of Kavach, further inland. The hero of Kavach! Hero of Kavach! <laughs> hero of Kavach! Uh, which is basically just a husk in a few buildings that are on fire in, in uh, oblivion yeah. uh the gerald or ural mountains starts with a j I, yeah i always said gerald mountains but again maybe it's a y sound don't know who knows the mountain range in northern cyrodiil on the skyrim border containing the town of bruma Vallis Mountains, which is the mountain range in eastern Cyrodiil on the Morrowind border. Remember, this is the middle of the map. It borders on pretty much every other area. Yeah, you're going to have a lot of connections to the other regions. This really is the centralized hub of everything, which we'll get into like the Imperial City in a minute. But like it's the centralized hub with the capital in the center of the yeah, centralized hub yeah. like this is just the center of all things yeah. actually essentially. i think we should probably do an entire episode about the capital city and just all the, the different actual sections city, right so, yeah no there's a lot to talk about besides yeah. us just kind of giving us a quick little overview in this one right so we, that's definitely a city that's worth digging into a little bit more uh and uh, along with the Vallis mountains the city of chaden hall is located on the foothills and then there's blackwood a swampland in southern cyrodiil east of leowin along the black marsh border so right borders on black marsh on morrowind on skyrim yes. like all of these different zones Now, what's so cool about visiting these locations in the game Oblivion is as you get further out from the central part of the game, the more the region starts to feel like the areas it borders on. So as you move north, you get into more snowy mountains. It starts to feel more like Skyrim and the people who inhabit the cities on those in those areas that are closer to those borders are more a mix of the kinds of people who would have come from the areas on the on the borders of those maps. So Correct. I, I always and, thought that was a really cool feature. Yeah, it is, because it, it's just kind of like it takes on the traits of where it's connecting to, which is interesting from like, um, you know, the Alliance perspective in ESO, because it resembles the area that you've been coming from already, mm-hmm. because whatever Alliance you pick, 
you're coming from that region. So it's kind of like this unique little thing that your part of Cyrodiil has your feel to it, which I always thought was very cool. Yeah, I always liked going south and getting down to Leowin and meeting all the Argonians and it feeling so swampy and right, it, it feels like Black, a little bit of Black Marsh right there. Right. And Blackwood itself was an entire chapter um, for, for the Elder Scrolls Online that fleshed out all of that area that we hadn't seen. We'd seen Leowin, but we hadn't seen a lot of things like Galen, uh, not Galen, um, Gideon, sorry, mm-hmm. uh, since arena <laughs> so it was yeah. like oh we, we get to see some of these things again as it fleshed it back out and then you have you know the gold coast expansion that came out um it was years ago at this point but it, you know and that fleshed out that side of the area so it's like it's such a big region they've actually had expansions filling out the parts outside the imperial like the, the, the war itself into the not war torn as much sections right so here let's do this we're going to pull up the the map and uh you can see right now on the screen this is this is photoshop with the map from eso and then on top of it i've actually laid in the oblivion map and this is this is really cool. So the first thing I want you to notice is that the Cyrodiil map is shaped like an upside down triangle. And yes. part you there are a lot of decisions here that were made because of gameplay and the lore around ESO. You have the three different factions vying for control of the Imperial City. So they each in this map have similar amounts of land on their corner of the triangle moving in toward the Imperial City. So the logistical design of it is to kind of have not identical, but you want an evenly distributed. It's a three sided fight. Um, So it's one of the three groups. Right. And whatever your faction is needs to kind of have a comparable amount of space and things to the others. Right, right. So that's this is the ESO version and I can kind of scroll out. I can scroll around. I can I can move around, but I can also uh, if it will let me um, pan out. Why is it? It's not letting me pan. Why are you not letting me pan? Nope, not that button. Um, Oh, there we go. So you can pan in and out. So now you can see the whole thing. Um, And then if we overlay here, I'll just you, you can see that it's like tr- there's a transparency in here where you can actually see both of these sets of locations. Most right. of and, and, we'll check this out. Check this out. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to make see this is the Cyrodiil is, map. Yeah. And it's shaped it's shaped differently. Like the triangle that existed for ESO is just a subset. Right. Of what we see in Oblivion. In fact, the, the zone stretches way more to the the west and then way more south. And if I was to drag this down here, it goes way south all the way down to Topol Bay. Right. And that's something that I feel is important is ESO clipped that like triangle portion, so to speak, um, of Cyrodiil so that it could be distributed in a way that it's, you know, even to each of the side evens in quotes but like right. you know a balance between the three sides for gameplay reasons however by doing that they had to kind of annex off parts of it they're still on the continent it's just they're not they've been actually this is you know, i just mentioned blackwood and the gold coast expansions they're being added in outside the pvp field right because then it won't affect the balance but they're still there however at first look, they don't quite look the same because you didn't get the whole thing in ESO to start with. Right. So this is also really interesting here. I'm going to pull the map back up and I've tried I've tried my best in order to figure out the scale of these two maps and match up key points. And it's not easy. These are very different maps. And you could say the rivers rerouted a little bit. Maybe the roads from the earlier era weren't there a thousand years later. Sure. You can make There's those also kinds of- the longstanding thing, which the series is known for, um, is that since everything is supposedly done from in-game itself or in-world itself, um, the cartography behind a lot of this stuff is highly suspect. Right. Um, right. And it's kind of become a staple of the series that the maps are similar not the same right so check this out here i'm pulling it back up we've got this is eso eso map now we're going to overlay 
the Oblivion map. And if you look, I'm going to go back and forth between the two. The, even the shape of the island in the middle, the Imperial yeah, City, City Island, is different. And on right. this version, I've I've layered them together to be roughly the same size. So if the island is roughly the same size, then the other locations should be in similar places. <laughs> but look down here. I'm going to scroll down. Look down here to the uh, Nibbin Bay. And it is significantly further away in ESO than it is in Oblivion. Also, the sense of scale gets weird. Yeah. Also, the water around the island and the river is way thicker in Oblivion than it is in ESO. They they probably wanted more land for you to be fighting on top of and not have have to worry about crossing a river and and making that so much erosion. (laughs) Right. So much erosion. Now, check this out. This is actually even more interesting to me. If you look at the t- top left side of the map, we've got Coral, the city of Coral. And yep. on the right side, we've got Chadenol. And on the bottom, we've got Breville. These are three kind of corners of the map, roughly on a triangle with each yep. other. Skingrad's on the bottom left, but let's not worry about them right now. So we, we have those have three. We don't have Skingrad and ESO yet anyways. Right. So it's technically out of our area. Right. So if we zoom in on Breville and we look at where Braville would be located on the ESO map, it's actually a little bit more south. Yes. So with the map centered on the Imperial City, Braville is more south. But the same thing happens for the other two cities as well. So Chadenhall is north, is actually northeast of where Chadenhall actually is on the ESO map. Yep. It just slid out of position. It just, it just move a, moved a little further away. And then if we go up to the position. to the north uh, northwest, we have the same thing happen when we take a look at where Coral is. Coral is way up here. And then it's on the actual map, it's it's more south and east. Or, or on the ESO map, it's more south and east. On the Oblivion map, it's more north and west. So all of these locations are further from where they actually were if you center the island in a way where the island actually centers and, and is the same size. Now, if you adjust for this and put the cities closer to where they're supposed to be, the island shrinks. Right. <laughs> and the, the bay is even further inland and a bunch of other locations don't work as, as, as well either. either. So there's no like I, I've, I've I spent a good amount of time trying to line these up in ways that make sense. And like looking at different roads, if I line up certain roads, it looks like some of the roads are remnants of roads that were there in ESO. So if you line some of those up, other things on the map get way off. If you change the scale to match something up on across the map in two places, all of a sudden Imperial City is way too far south. It's like everything keeps on, on moving around. So it does. It's and a completely different setup, which is something really interesting. I, I feel it's probably would be remiss to not mention um, while we were talking about the, the cities themselves is Coral, the, the city of Coral is super exploded in ESO. <laughs> like it's got giant fissures down the middle with lava pouring out of them and <laughs> flame astronauts just running amok throughout the city um, because of earthquakes and stuff like that in the area. So it makes it a very dynamic area to be in or whatever, but just it's kind of funny to think, no, granted, so much time passes between ESO and the second era. And when we go back to this region later on in the Elder Scrolls for Oblivion, but it's just kind of amusing to think about these giant lava splits that have just torn the city apart. They rebuild the same city and apparently fill in all the lava cracks and all of that and just turn it back into a normal city again. It's like, <laughs> right. wouldn't you just give up and go somewhere else? <laughs> right. Just, <laughs> just build somewhere where there's not lava. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But yeah. It, but it's just funny just because it, it it's so different looking than what you saw beforehand, right. which is ironically later in the timeline, even though you saw it before. Right, right. So I, I thought that was really interesting. There's no way of fully justifying the two maps, although they're close. They, you can say that one was inspired by the other but for the most part for the most part there's rivers in the right places the lakes are a bit different the roads are a bit different cities are a little bit off from each other but for the most part it's roughly the same yeah and i mean again when you have the whole narrative of like oh well you know it's there's mistakes in cartography and stuff like that that's fine like that's a neat little way of them kind of 
squishing that information mm-hmm. in there and it, it, again this is a fictional world um done by different teams over different eras literally in real life uh, uh in different games for different things so it's just interesting to see that they keep i always feel that elder scrolls tends to try to keep the flavor of something but the fine details sometimes they do kind of smear them a little bit to make them fit where they need to right and it makes sense the games are different like this is a pvp zone in eso <laughs> yes, this was an entire explorable rpg gigantic map in oblivion Absolutely. so the, the two are very different now normally on these episodes we'll go over some of like the fauna and the flora it, we've this is basically europe yeah, this is central say, europe. europe everybody we're back in europe <laughs> there's there's typical animals typical kinds of trees uh at least during the periods that we see it seems to be a temperate forest kind of area with yep. some grasslands and minotaurs some mountains tend to be a little more common in the area that's, that's true there's there's like, some minotaurs i mean that's about as extreme as i can think off the top of some my head imps. Like there's sometimes there's imps flying around yeah and i mean there's definitely the usual fare of weird that happens in the mm-hmm. series but like honestly minotaurs being super common tends to be the most strange i guess the rest of it really has a very medieval europe slash the daggerfall region with with high rock and stuff like very similar type of feel to it yeah a little bit more roman in the architecture because yes the actual imperials as a race are very roman inspired so the imperial city itself has that feel to it a lot of times when they get into it when when the imperials are introduced as a literal race yeah yeah and then there's the alien ruins that you find everywhere sure and and a lot of underground stuff which whole bunch of alien ruins ties, around that yeah, area yeah it ties back to the you know the the revolution that happened in the first era from the aliens uh who ruled most of the merthic era and or however right. long that was because that's not particularly clear so uh th- that's the that's the region we're going to take a quick break we're going to go thank our patrons and then we will be back to talk about some of the individual keeps that you can find in eso and if they actually have a correlative in the oblivion oblivion map and some of the reason why a lot of people didn't think that this was going to be a temperate forest type zone uh, when oblivion came out so don't go anywhere we'll be right back all right so everybody knows how vpn services and expressvpn can protect your privacy and security online right But did you know that there are some secret hidden benefits to using ExpressVPN, like unlocking movies and shows that are only available in other countries? So if you're like me, you probably enjoy watching shows on Netflix, for example. Well, with ExpressVPN, you can unlock the UK version of The Office or Parasite from South Korean Netflix. Over a hundred different countries. All you have to do is change your location and refresh Netflix or whatever, Hulu, BBC iPlayer, YouTube, you name it. In fact, when I set it up for myself, I was surprised at how easy it was. It just installs and then loads up and works. And it works on more than just PCs, phones, media consoles, smart TVs, and so much more. So if you want to access hundreds of new shows, use my link right now, expressvpn.com slash scrollslore. And you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. That's expressvpn.com slash scrollslore. expressvpn.com slash scrollslore to learn more. This is Hamish Morak, Dragonborn. And you are educating yourself to the Elder Scrolls lore cast. All right, here we are in the middle of the show. This is where we get to thank our patrons, including our newest patrons, uh, Sergey, Sergey, maybe Sergey P. Welcome to the Patreon, Brett J. Enthrall. Uh, welcome, Th- three new patrons. Welcome aboard, and thank you to Hello. all of our patrons. Hello. Hello. Our Daedric tier, our Daedric tier patrons get shoutouts every week. Jacob K, Kira C, and Noodle Al Dente. And thank you to all 125 of our current patrons. We couldn't do this oh, without no, you. We really <laughs> do appreciate it, and um, thank you for being here. If you are interested in checking out what you can get for helping to support this show, so if we've if we've done anything to help you get through your work days and your commutes and 
who knows what else, then go Provide to Patreon. Weird entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> right. Then go to patreon.com slash Elder Scrolls Lorecast. It's easy to find. And there's always links in the show notes and all of that. So uh, the T-shirts and ad free episodes and joining us on patron chats and all of those kinds of things. And speaking of patron chats, this month only has... Uh, well, it has 31 days, but it only has four weeks on Thursdays, which means that our patron chat for this show is coming up in just a week on the 25th. So, ta-da. uh, what we should, I said, ta-da. Oh, we I should probably figure out a topic. <laughs> yeah, we'll figure it out. So yeah, chime in on the discord topic for that. Let us know what you would like to talk about and we'll, we'll figure it out. And we have some new reviews that came in. So if you leave a five star review on Apple podcasts, We'll read it out on a future episode of the show. This one comes from Ice Tea Lemonade. Who I love Ice Tea Lemonade? <laughs> Do you? I'm not big into yes. Ice Tea. Oh Lemonade's no, I'm a big good. fan. Big fan. Half and half. Arnold Palmer type stuff. Uh, yep. Ugh, big fan. Uh, not a not a tea drinker. Um. But anyway, uh, yeah. No, I'm on board with this already. <laughs> so they are from the United States, and they write amazing. Been listening to this podcast since the beginning of the year now, and I'm absolutely loving it. You guys are great. Aw. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> And then this one comes from Dead Storm Pirate from the United States, who writes, my go-to podcast channel. I love this podcast. Been into the Elder, Elder Crooks. Elders Crooks? Is that a different show? I don't, I'm not familiar typo. with it. It might be a typo. Since Morrowind and the lore has always gripped me and your podcast covers everything I want to know about the amazing world. Everyone associated with the Robots Radio Group makes the best podcasts that make my days at work go by quickly. So thank you so much, Dead Storm Pirate. I hope you're not also, too dead. If it's Elder Crooks, does that mean he like maybe maybe they secretly are a big fan of the Thieves Guild and it's just like a subtle nod to that? Yeah, yeah. We Say, should do a side sh- side podcast that's only about Crooks? being sneaky in these games. What? So, all right. Oh, so, like everybody who's a sneaky archer from Skyrim, great. Ninety eight percent of the community is on board. Yep, yep. It'll be most of our listeners will also listen to that show. It'll it's odd, automatic success. Yeah, they guaranteed. So, guaranteed. All right. Thank you, everybody, for taking the time to help support the show in all the different ways that you do. We really do appreciate it. All right. Let's get on with the rest of the show. You're listening to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast, dear child of Sidis. That is why the Night Mother loves you. My dog is barking at me. You don't need anything. You're fine. All right. So here, let's get into this. There is an article that I discovered from Weebly.com, which is about the different keeps that you find in ESO and how they relate to locations in Oblivion. Oh, spoilers. Most of them don't. But here, let's give a we're going to give a quick rundown to find out the starter spoiler (laughs) starter spoiler. Spoiler, Most of them don't. But we're going to go through each of them real quick and just see which ones might or what they might be near, according to this article. So we have Arius Keep, which is a keep for the Ebonheart Pact, right? So the top right side of the map uh, does not show any remains in the area of Oblivion. The only possible link is Lake Arius, which is located north of Chadenhall, which tracks for the location. Sure. Then we have the Blue Keep, uh, Blue Road Keep. Again, Blue Road Keep is non-existent in the time of Oblivion. The road leading from the Imperial City to Chadenhall is called the Blue Road, and that is the right. only reference to the keep. So, sure. Similarities there. Uh, Drake Low Keep. This keep is located on the western side of the Reed River in ESO. It is the most southern home keep of the Ebonheart Pact. The, in Oblivion, the remains of the keep are not to be found. Instead, we find a settlement of Drake Low, so similar name, but no keep. It is a tiny settlement only containing one house and only one inhabitant called Melisande. That reminds me of the red lady from uh, the Song of Ice and Fire. Oh, Melisandre. Okay, Melisandre? I was thinking, okay, yeah, Melisandre. I was thinking Missunday, the, uh, um, the, the freed, <clears throat> she was like the linguist. Same thing from Same Game thing of Thrones. From Game of Thrones? They have similar yeah. names, I guess, huh? They, they, yeah, they, they beheaded her and throw her off a wall. Right, yeah. Spoilers for the show, I guess. Yeah, I have to wonder. That like, was after everybody. Maybe, 
Yeah, maybe uh, Misande. Yeah, Danny's assistant. Yeah, I wonder. I yeah. wonder if this name is just a coincidence, or if the people working on Oblivion were into those books because those some of the early I mean, books are pretty they old. They do definitely have a very similar feel. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then we have King's Crest Keep, located east of the Temple of the Ancestor Moths. King's Crest Keep is the most northern home keep of the Ebonheart Pact. Remains of this keep are not found in the Oblivion, Oblivion yeah. map. <laughs> It's all gone still. Not there. Uh, San Janus or Sejanus outpost. Yeah. An outpost in ESO, but a medium-sized fort in Oblivion. So this one is there. Located south from Blue Road Keep. It seems to have moved locations for gameplay purposes. So similar thing, just slightly different. But we also mentioned that the cities are in slightly different locations too. So right. kind of so track. It seems on brand. On brand. The remains found in Oblivion in Oblivion are located far more to the east than in the online version. And then there's Fort Ash, a fort in both versions of Cyrodiil. However, the location of Fort Ash in the online version seems to be at nearly, if not exactly, the same location of Fort Nickel in the Oblivion version. Which obviously was done for gameplay purposes. Why not keep the same name of Fort Nickel and just leave it Fort Nickel? I don't know. <laughs> right? Weird. Yeah. Uh, Fort Aleswell, once a magnificent keep in the Alliance War, only a small town or village in the Oblivion game. The town or village consists of only two houses. This wasn't always the case. Aleswell once was a large village, but all villages were evicted uh, uh, on pain of death by Grand Warlord Dorton of the Daggerfall Covenant. There are no remains of the fort to be found in, in Oblivion. Then we have Fort Dragonclaw, the most north northern fortification in the Elder Scrolls Online. Only a rock in Oblivion. <laughs> At this location, the road looks like a dead end. However, a road leads to the east, eventually leading you to the Serpent's Trail and Pale Pass. It ends at Fort Pale Pass, the entryway into Skyrim, which we visit in the Elder Scrolls Skyrim. So that's where the maps match up, right? So pretty cool. And then there's Fort Glademist, which was abandoned in the Alliance War. Nothing remains of the fort, and the only references one can find in the Oblivion game is the fact that it is located in the Glademist Fields area, thus the name, right. in which Glademist Cave is located, a cave network used by the Blackwood Company. Then we have Fort Warden. No remains can be found in Oblivion. Um, you're say, you, you're <laughs> noticing a trend so far, everybody? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's interesting, though, that some of them are, and some and some of them you can draw connections to the names. And, and we've got maybe one weird one coming up later on. To find the name of the area. Yeah, right. Uh, this was probably abandoned after the Alliance War. Neglection has, and it has fallen into ruin, so basically right. disappeared. Also, after about a thousand years, you could have you know, grounded sand to think pile up. So if the foundations of the fort are still there, they may just be underground. Okay, so like, I guess before we continue with this for a minute here, something that I just feel might be prudent to mention at this point is... The fact that so much time has passed and these places are abandoned once the Three Banners War ends and Tiber Septum comes into like wreck face, that's fine for the most mm -hmm. part. Like, I feel like that logically honestly makes sense because once the war is over, why would you upkeep a lot of these places that were clearly designed by the right. different alliances? But the only reason that it then becomes peculiar is the fact that there are so many other ruins which are older that remain that in still exist. games. Right, so right. That's just, true. That's true. That's really the only thing that I feel that makes this more awkward is because so many abandoned forts don't crumble into dust and there's just no remains of them over time whereas these it's like okay well we're done we don't need these anymore that totally makes sense because over you know the course of several hundred years going into almost a thousand years yeah yeah i mean that's not going to be there like so here's a theory it's highly likely here's but, a theory here's a theory yeah all right. Uh, and Gwen the Bard also notes, uh, what war destroys things, nah, stuff erodes over time. Most right. of the time, the remnants of fortresses after wars, and if you if you study history, the, the remnants of the fortresses are still there. So right. even right. even so in order to attack a fortress, you need to only breach it in one location. You don't have to tear all the walls down. Sure. That's a you way harder endeavor. Salt it. Like. Right. That is a way harder endeavor. And even once you capture the place, you don't want to raise it because it becomes a fortress that you can use that your enemy can no longer exactly. use. So it's good to keep it around. But what if after the Three Banners War, there was a 
a significant rebuilding campaign and they used a lot of the materials from these forts which happens in oh, ancient sure. cities okay. all over the world and they repurpose like if this happened to the the pyramids the ancient stones <laughs> sure, on the outside sure. of the pyramids were actually got quarried in many cases and reused in the city <laughs> that they were sure that actually makes building. sense especially like I, that seems that i actually like that that like potential little fill in just because you have the reign of Tiber Septum right, right on the horizon. Right. So, so it's like, what if he okay, didn't? Well, once he takes over two things, he's obviously going to need some stuff to right. repair things. So two things. Why set up extra forts that your enemy can use against you <laughs> right. once they invade your land? It's really the Imperial city. Right. Especially once you have, well, two things, vast numbers and the Numidium. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. They invade your main area of Cyrodiil and you throw the Numidium at them and they all just evaporate and they're sure. gone. So you don't need fortresses anymore because that would make it harder for, for you to get rid of them. So why not reclaim all of the stones used and build houses and other sure. kinds of yeah. things? Walls for the main city, any of that stuff, right? So... Right. It, that could be part of it. But anyway, yeah. here, let's keep moving. It is, it, yeah, let us know your theories. Maybe there's some good yeah. theories out there because obviously I this like is like. One, actually, I've never really heard the, the repurposing of supplies thing, but I actually like that quite a bit. Yeah. There are some ancient ancient cities. If you study uh, the Middle East, there are some ancient cities that just don't exist at all anymore. And there, there are plenty that the foundations are still there. You can see them near modern day cities or out in the middle of the deserts or wherever. But there are some that just don't exist anymore. There are almost no traces of them because so much of the material from this original city actually got repurposed. It's it's one of those weird things where like sometimes that happens. So anyway, let's let's move on. Uh, Bleaker's outpost. This outpost is located between Kalman Keep or Chalman Keep and Fort yeah, Chalman. Fart Fart. Farts Aleswell. Perfect. Perfect. The village of Bleaker's Way was first settled by Ulf the Bleaker. In the times of the Alliance War, the villagers were ordered to leave the village. Those who refused would be punished uh, with death. During the war, giants occupied the village. In oblivion, the village was reclaimed by men. There are no remains of Bleaker's outpost in, in, in Oblivion. Wow. Uh, then we have Castle Brindle. The only remains of Castle Brindle in Oblivion is Brindle Home, which is a village located between Coral and Skingrad. The location of Castle Brindle relative to Brindle Home seems to be far more south, probably for gameplay purposes. The castle seems to be located near the, the Gold Road, which connects Skingrad to the Red Ring Road around the Imperial City. My dog's barking again. Uh, Castle Bloodmain. There are no remains of Castle Bloodmain in Oblivion. The only reference that can be found is Bloodmain Cave, which also is a delve in ESO. So that's kind of interesting. Yep. Three more. Castle Fairgill is a key location of the Aldmeri Dominion. The castle cannot be found in Oblivion. Instead, we find Fairgill Inn located west of the green road which leads to the imperial city uh, from the imperial city to breville no remains of the castle can be found which was located on the east side of the green road so there's that then there's castle robeck which is perfectly located perfectly on the map however in oblivion the castle is located near the white rose river this river could have formed after the era of the the alliance war takes place because nothing on this river can be found in the online versions. There are some bridges to be found that cross dried up riverbanks, which could be the White Rose River. Maybe it that was... That one I find kind of interesting. Arid. It's kind of neat. This one is really cool because the castle's yeah. still there, but the river's gone. Right. But, the, but there's remnants of what could be a river if water started flowing in that area again. Right. Yeah. That's so, pretty cool. I so like that one. Very cool. Very cool. And then and the last this one, one is ridiculous. Nickel Outpost, an outpost located south of Fort Ash and northwest of Castle Robeck. In Oblivion, we find the remains of this outpost in the form of a small fort. The location of Nickel is the most noteworthy. In Oblivion, it is located next to the bridge leading into the Imperial City, west of the village of Way. In the online version, the outpost is located far more south near Fort Virtue on the Oblivion map. So it's kind of funny. That place just sort of got repurposed. Yeah. <laughs> because it's like, well, we don't want 
nickel there we need nickel here and then we need this you know we need another one there so we're gonna make this fort instead of you know this keep here so it's just kind of funny that that one exists but they had to kind of shuffle the deck a little with that one yeah yeah so i'm, I'm pulling up the map again just for you all to get a sense of this so just a sense of all these locations it would take forever for us to zoom in on each of them but for example, Ari's Keep, which was the first one we mentioned, is right here. And yet, if you replace it with the other map, there's, yeah. there's nothing there. There's like <laughs> you can see it underneath it. It's transparent, but there's there's not even a road that goes by that. Like it's, and the roads here above it, north of it, also nothing, nothing really on the map. So, yeah, it's it, the two locations are distinctly different. And right. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, maybe, maybe you can justify it in some way, or you can just say very different games that were For sure. just designing yeah. their worlds in very different ways. But the the things that are similar are the 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 landscape is similar. It's not perfect. It's not like the hills are all in the same locations. But the fact that there are some forests, there are some some hills, there are some mountains on certain edges of the map. There's certain rivers that are in roughly the right locations. There's all of that. But Lotus. This wasn't always to be expected. No. And the last thing we really kind of need to talk about, the the Numidium in the room, if you will, um, <laughs> is <laughs> this weird situation where originally Cyrodiil, uh, prior to the Elder Scrolls for Oblivion, was actually referenced as being a jungle. Right. Um, right. Everyone which, expected the center of the continent to be jungle. Right. Jungles happen in areas, at least on our planet, that are closer to the equator than temporal temperate forests. Right. But we didn't get a jungle. We did not get a jungle, um, which, again, there has been all sorts of debate on this you know is it solely a gameplay thing where it was just like well jungles are too hard <laughs> to make so as yeah. a, as a side effect um did the team decide like for elder scrolls for well okay what if we just do a temperate forest because it's more manageable some grasslands um, some trees they had right. they had the new uh speed tree technology which i believe was used in oblivion <laughs> at the i time. believe it was yeah. uh, there was also the situation of like processing all the grass was uh too like strenuous for the 360 um so so it would like render the grass farther out and it was something from from what i remember hearing they had to like reposition where the grass texture was on the disc so it would sprit spin at a different speed so that it wouldn't like <laughs> overheat so like there's clearly technical limitations because as was there was um you know the 360 was new at the time mm -hmm. when this game came out they're still um, they were already push, pushing the boundaries of it uh, yes and this game was were, a beautiful game when it, it came it out it really was and to be fair it's still to a degree outside the potato heads really is <laughs> just don't look at the people look at yeah, the trees really in the mountains like the people that part's still pretty <laughs> yeah but the, the landscape is gorgeous um and some of the design of stuff is just really really cool but um the idea of it being a jungle as referenced by it by in-game books earlier in the series then had to become well okay why and there was this theory that uh a lot of people accepted for quite quite a while that when tiber septum um took over he reshaped the lands because he he had gained that type of power he was becoming a divine uh it, it, all of this power literally let him reshape the physical landscape to be what he wanted right which is you could also justify as having control of the tower the towers having control over the land around them correct and there, so you, there, you can make that, that justification was, as well um um there there was um so so that was like the prevailing thing for quite a while if i remember and uh, actually as rob mentions in chat as well uh then elder scrolls online came along so triper septum isn't here yet and it's totally a tempered forest <laughs> it's, right, it's, right. it's not a jungle it's not a jungle somehow so, so, it never was a jungle maybe? so this is so then it becomes okay well that clearly wasn't the case um, right but since it was described from in game 
And uh, I, I, if I'm not totally, I wish I, I wish I had an exact reference for this, um, but I, I do believe that from what was mentioned uh, through like actual Elder Scrolls Online, it, it's like implied or said by the team um, that it's a translation error. They didn't mean oh, literal oh. jungle, like because it's still forest. But it's not meant to be jungle so much as like, yeah, foresty, which it is, um, which is, I, I, you know, that's many will call that retconning or doing whatever. And that, that's fine. Like, again, it's it's not a real place. So they have to take some degree of liberty. Um, but one, one thing that I actually just thought was, I don't know, I I. I feel like this was a discussion I was just involved with maybe on forums or something a long time ago. Um, but it's something that I thought was just an interesting theory is um, it, you you know about the Mandela effect where people mm-hmm. think something, but it's not actually the case. And it's almost like a group think hive mind thing where everybody remembers this thing wrong. Yeah. I almost kind of wonder, like, they could totally have something like that. And still it's in lore or whatever. But it's like, was it just like a thing where everybody's like, yeah, it was a jungle? Right. right. Uh, wasn't it? Well, everyone said <laughs> like, it was, so it was, right? That, right. That's all it's we like, remember. I heard it was so many times that I, I just thought it was a jungle. It's just like, when I originally had heard that theory and uh, like had talked about it, it was like, you know, that's actually kind of funny to think about. Because, like, there's a lot of situations where, honestly, that, that effect is kind of eerie in real life and Mm. happens more than you would think. (laughs) Um, You know, with Berenstein bears instead of Berenstein bears and stuff like that. So it's like, it's, yes, it's weird. Yes, it's clearly like a, a, you know, it's it's a writing thing that they just kind of like, for whatever, maybe technical reasons they changed it. But it's just kind of funny that it's just like, yeah, it, it changed from what it was originally described as, but you never really saw it enough to actually ever prove that it was what they were saying it was. Right, right. So it's kind of like an arena. The Tamriel was called the arena. The arena. Right. And that is like, like mm, maybe that was figurative. Okay. So what if this was figurative right. also? Like that area is the jungle. Right. Because there's lots of animals fighting over it. It's uncivilized. You know? it's uncivilized. It's whatever the case. Right. Um, so it's one of those situations where was it meant as more of a figurative statement? Probably not. But you could, you could my, retrospect yeah, my assumption, justify. no, they wrote it to be a jungle. <laughs> right, and then when right. it came to programming time, it was like, oh, God, we need to make this. And this is way more complicated. Yeah, probably. But because the series itself is such a gray, nebulous thing already. Maybe. A gray, the maybe. fact that it totally doesn't sync up fits really well with everything else in this series. Yeah. 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 So it's not a jungle. Uh, we don't have scenes of it being a jungle. We have scenes of it not being a jungle before Tiber Septim. So yeah. he clearly didn't make it not a jungle because there already right. wasn't one. Um, but we don't we don't know. And I don't know that we ever will know. I think the justification now is this is how it is. And any of the lore that described it otherwise is just not it's accurate. Not so, right. <laughs> all right. <laughs> it's like, right. That's because fine. Of- That's fine. Imagine sure. inheriting a 25 or 30 year old series of games that were written by other people decades ago right. or a book. And now you have to write the sequel to the book. This happens like this happens in all sorts of yeah. stuff all the time where people are doing TV shows based off of series of things. And, and, and sure, you could even study all of it. Maybe you are ver- well versed in all of the lore and all of that. But you still have a goal in mind. You have to make a new game. You have to make a new story. You have to make something. And sure, it needs and to be compelling in your own way. They were planning to go with stuff you haven't seen yet. Right, right. And sometimes there's just these offhanded lines. Sometimes the lines aren't even that important by these like minor Spoiler characters. Alert, there's a lot of those in Elder Scrolls. Yeah. Little minor <laughs> characters who just like are just saying a thing here, saying a thing there. And you can't you can't keep it all straight. There's just no way to do right. it. Um, but yeah, if anybody actually, cause I, I kind of like, I, I, I don't know. This is one of the few topics I really like hearing different theories on. If, uh, if anybody listening has any weird 
theories on why it's not actually a jungle that we didn't mention already uh definitely like float them out there to us because um i i'm always amused by some of these because i've seen some very entertaining ones and like the prevailing one of tiber septum just changed it really lasted a long time yeah until it was like yeah so it was like nah we're we're all done with that whole thing because here it is again and it's super temperate so like that's just it it's it's like that one got debunked eventually, but some of the other ones are still floating around. And it's like, do you have your own in-lore reason why it exists or was it just technical reasons? Yeah, yeah. So who knows, but let us know your thoughts. Join us on our Discord, the Robots Radio Discord, or heck, join us for the patron chat. Let us know if sure. you want to debate this on the patron chat. Uh, but we'll we'll come up with something for next week. Thank you for being here, everybody. I hope you've enjoyed this tour of Tamriel. Uh, we're going to dig into some other things in the future episodes, so make sure you come back for those. Lotus, you have anything else going on you want to share? Um, no, just uh, normal Tales of Tamriel that we've been recording over there covering the events currently in game. And um, actually, I guess from one thing that we did uh, related to the lore casters as well, um, we got the uh, PlayStation NA guild for the lore casters kind of up and running again. It really like it, it's just been some scheduling stuff that's been tricky and I'm trying to lend a hand type of deal. Um, so if that's something you're interested in, it is now <laughs> up and running. Um, it is fully functional. Uh, we already have uh, enough people in it that we have the guild bank. So if you're new to the game or uh, just looking for a social guild, we're not doing like progression stuff or anything fancy like that. I simply don't have the time. And as people, uh, you know, if that becomes something that people want to run, that's totally Great, totally cool whatever if, if the community decides on any platform whether it's playstation or xbox or, or pc that you all want to get together and do a thing abs we're cool with perfect. it like, like go do it as long as it's not um, like griefing other people or something yeah, like no, that as long as you're still being nice to each other <laughs> right, that's right. fine um, but what do you call it um but myself as well as several of my friends uh we're obviously there to help the guild bank is open so if you are new um I, i'm kind of running this the way that i ran my old helper guild which i closed up shop uh to try to help this as it just logically made more sense mm -hmm. um but yeah the guild bank is open so if you're new to the game or just trying the game out and you play on playstation na um hit us up for an invite you are welcome to anything in the guild bank it's largely provided by me and a couple of my friends um the supplies are there just to help people get started. Yeah, it, um, it helps if you are a character who already has a lot of stuff when you get extra recipes or whatever. Correct. You know, I don't want this treasure map. And you just uh -huh. dump it in the guild bank and then new people check out the guild bank because maybe there'll be some treasures in there that you don't Perfect. have to earn on your Gwen, your consider own. yourself invited right after the show. There you go. Yeah, so jo <laughs> join us on the on the Discord. Go to the Robots Radio Discord. There is a channel that you will find that is uh, it says apply to guild and you just got to fill yep. out a little form. Let us know a little bit about you, what platform you're on and all of that and then within a few days nice and easy make sure you're not a douchebag like yep yep within a few days do not i will continue the trend uh we will not have tolerance for that um yeah that's that's this is supposed to be a fun social thing um and hopefully sooner rather than later um i'm actually going to build us a guild hall because i have nice. a whole bunch of a bunch of extra supplies so we're going to test out that uh we'll see how long that actually takes <laughs> awesome 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 yeah. all right well cool stuff go check out tales of tamriel uh, you can find links to my other podcasts and lotus's other podcast on robotsradio.net and come uh, hang out with us during the live shows thank you for being here everybody we will see you again next week with our patrons so have an awesome week we'll see you next time bye everybody Thanks for joining us. We'd love to hear from you. You can reach me on Twitter at robots underscore radio or Lotus of Doom at Lotus of Doom. Also, you can join us on the Robots Radio Discord channel. You can easily just search Robots Radio Discord on Google or check the description underneath the podcast. Also, this podcast is recorded live every week on Thursday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on the Robots Radio channels on Twitch, YouTube, and on Facebook. So just search Robots Radio on any of those platforms Come join us. We'd love to chat with you while we record the show or before or after. Either way, just come hang out with us. And if you're looking for more information about my shows and the shows on the Robots Radio Network, go to robotsradio.net for all the information about all the shows on the network, including the Robots Radio Rocket Club, where I help both new and existing podcasters to grow their show 
shows, build their audiences, and create the best podcast they possibly can. All of that at robotsradio.net. We'll see you next time.